0: Twisted, te- nope. Hey, hey, twisted listeners.
1: Hey, twisted listeners, and some teachers, and whomever else is anybody who's in. listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So I had this. I'm just going to jump right on in here. I had this thought yesterday that it's possible that, like, pioneer teachers, like we're talking one room, iconic one room schoolhouses. Um, might actually have had some things right.
1: I think so, too.
0: I do. So it's a completely different situation. But some of the ways that I think that they had certain advantages over the modern system was you could definitely say that their learning was community-centered learning. Yes. Yes. Because their one-room schoolhouses often serve small, close-knit communities, and it kind of allowed for a sense of unity and shared responsibility for education. Like, think about it. People had to bring wood to the school so they'd have fires. Today's large, impersonal school systems could probably benefit from fostering a stronger sense of community involvement.
1: It's kind of a Montessori type of situation. And they didn't have administrators coming in with evaluations. They, I think they were just happy to get somebody in the schoolhouse. I just think of Little House on the Prairie.
0: I do too. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I think of. Um, one room schoolhouses, the teachers had to adapt their teaching methods to accommodate students of all kinds of ages and abilities. And hopefully back then, I mean, there it was definitely a personalized approach and it didn't matter if you were eight and your sister was five if eight. you were reading at the same level you read at the same level
1: well thinking about this I'm not saying like that's
0: right or wrong I'm just
1: no it, it but people got an education t- at some to some extent but my thought is that there weren't very many of these and god who would i couldn't imagine well i guess i could imagine teaching that um they emphasize practical skills, farming mm. and homemaking and survival skills, which, you know, we do need to come back to like more career tech stuff. Um, I agree. It, it is, it is to me a disservice to assume that students are going to college. I think I had this conversation with somebody actually in my row class about he, um, he knows I work in a high school and he said, do you guys teach brick laying?" And I said, I wish we did, because he, he built, oh, he's a, cool. brick yeah, and he, that's his profession, and he's done very well. He said, um, he said something to the effect of people, kids are getting out of school with no um, marketable skills, but in, in my mind, they're good at getting out of work, and some of them are good at it, and, or they're not prepared for college because uh-huh. they had so many freaking retakes.
0: Yes. Right? right because real life is not filled with getting to do something over and over again
1: like the in in pioneer times either you you survived or you didn't and, and parents were hoping that you would go to school and have these skills so they wouldn't have to do more of the work
0: <laughs> david said yesterday because drew got two nails in his tire like again like
1: i know i every- don't know where they drive that i mean same with my kids like where are they every going?
0: freaking week there is some type of a car emergency yes, And david's yes. like like when you he's like having kids made a lot more sense when like you could use them for manual labor <laughs> like
1: <laughs> there is always a car emergency there I mean, is oh, is car looks like she took it to space and it fell on the ground rolled around she got back in it and started driving it they they, they develop strong bonds but the only problem is if you for me would be that one kid that was an asshole and you had to see him every day. And they, this wasn't like a short school day. I'm sure they were there all day long. And then here's what I like. Pioneer communities had more autonomy over their schools and they tailored education to their specific needs and values. Kind of like, well, like what DeSantis does, but it's only to his needs and his values. It's very similar. Exactly.
0: (laughs) what a magnificent segue you, you know, could not have done that better if you, I, you know I ha-
1: when it comes to um ranting r- a rant about desantis we're all in and we don't usually hit on this kind of stuff but we do um but when it's this outrageous
0: yeah and we actually <laughs> have left this one alone for a little while because this happened back in july and i think we weren't ready to Mm-mm. like Even remotely. Talk about it. Um, So. A reporter from CNN. Asked DeSantis. Mm. About Florida's new black history. Standards. Um, And his response was basically. That it's rooted. It's rooted in whatever is factual. Um. And she asked him his thoughts on middle school instruction on how um, he actually said, you should talk to them about it. I didn't do it. I wasn't involved in it. They're they're probably, he's talking about the people who are like making the history. They're probably going to show some of the folks he's talking about slaves here that eventually parlayed, you know, their skills being a blacksmith into, you know, into doing things later in life. So basically like. He basically stood on stage yes and claimed the reality <laughs> is that all of that is rooted in whatever is factual. They listed everything out and if you have any questions about it just ask like the Department of Education. Those were scholars who put that together. It was not anything that was done politically. Oh my god. And basically goes on to say that like a lot of slaves learn some really great skills, transferable skills later in life, yeah. yeah, transferable skills.
1: This he makes
0: my heart angry.
1: he makes my heart angry too, because this class has been a class that has been a class for a really long time. Um Some of the key complaints are that the curriculum leaves out Florida's role in slavery and the oppression of African Americans. It identifies racism and prejudice without going into depth. Um, of who was promoting it. Victim blames black communities, uses outdated language and requires teaching that some enslaved people learn valuable skills that were useful after they were freed. I would not teach this. I would absolutely not. And, you know, we are speaking, I'm speaking from a white woman who has no experience with, with being African-American or living throughout the legacy of what happened to them, which is awful. But to sit here and look at this man, Just kind of say it's it it all worked out well in the end. It's just not okay. I don't I don't know how he gets this platform and people are actually listening to him. So I don't get it.
0: At around this same time that Governor DeSantis said that Vice President Kamala Harris spoke in Jacksonville and she mentioned the curriculum and she said it would replace history with lies. DeSantis accused her of lying about Florida's educational standards to cover up her their agenda of indoctrinating students and pushing sexual topics onto children.
1: Everything is there, said Education Board Member and DeSantis appointee Marilyn Mager. Mager. the darkest parts of our history are addressed. And I'm very proud of the task force. I can confidently say that the DOE <clears throat> And the task force believe that African-American history is American history and that it is represented in the
0: standards. Huh? So this article from the Education Trust says Florida social studies standards are a slap in the face of honest American history. Um, The State Board of Education unanimously approved the new social studies standards for K-12 students which have sparked criticism for containing inaccurate and problematic portrayals of American history, especially the experiences of Black Americans. So these new standards require Florida teachers to instruct that people who were enslaved develop skills that could be applied for their quote unquote personal benefit also included in the lesson are how terrible events like the 1921 tulsa massacre during which white supremacists looted and burned to the ground one of the wealthiest black communities in the u.s and killed at least 300 black residents was somehow instigated by African-Americans. This contortion of US history is a slap in the face to every African-American in the country. So under these subpar standards, students will learn about their own state and the integration of the University of Florida, but not about the resolution passed by the Florida legislature in 1957, which opposed school integration and declared the <sighs> Brown versus Brown, Brown versus Board decision null and void. And while there are detailed standards for teaching students about white political leaders who fought on behalf of African Americans and how mm. white people who supported Reconstruction policies after the Civil War were targeted, there is no mention beyond, beyond brief parenthetical about opposition in the South and the KKK. Oh my God. There's no mention of the white supremacists who to this day still undermine racial justice efforts. Many states don't require students to learn Black history. And since 2021, 44 states have introduced bills or taken steps to censor the ways in which race can be discussed in schools. Lots of students have been taught a false and dangerous narrative.
1: I remember doing research when I was getting my specialist about Houghton Mifflin textbooks. They are a Texas-based company and we all should know Houghton Mifflin. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I remember is that I think Bush, it was the Bush administration, the whole No Child Left Behind era. And the textbooks had to have fewer than, they had a quote of how many negative connotations of America. So this has been going on for a really long time. Yeah. I don't believe they could use the KKK at all in those textbooks. And it was for, um, like um, elementary, I believe. And so they didn't want to paint the picture of America to be anything but, um, Positive, no like,
0: place, no place where we learn from our mistakes. No, and so it does say there's already racial and ethnic underrepresentation in the books that children are asked to read mm-hmm. in school, and yet book bans and these dishonest history standards continue to be implemented across the country, thus removing any diversity and balanced rep- representation. Well, it's, I mean, it's the same thing as if you think about the internment camps. After World War II or during World War II.
1: I know that I had some flack for teaching about the Holocaust in fifth grade. And I was advised not to even use the word. Because in fifth grade, if you don't know, like back in the day when I taught fifth grade, this is 2023. I was teaching it maybe 2012, 13, 14. um, Our standards were civil war to present day. The book, there's this book called, I used to reference it quite a bit. Uh, probably to my, I would not be able to use this book right now. Lies my teacher told me. Everything your American history textbook got wrong. It says what started out as a survey of the 12 leading American history textbooks has ended up being a book. The San Francisco Chronicle calls an extremely convincing plan for truth in education. Um, Beginning with pre-Columbian history um, and ranging over care characters and events as diverse as Reconstruction, Helen Keller and the first Thanksgiving, the um nine eleven and the Iraq War. So they go through this book was written quite a while ago and it's it's pretty powerful. I was teaching World War Two and of course you can't teach World War Two without what? The whole situation with the Holocaust. Yeah. Right. And um I remember emailing all the parents saying, please don't let your kids get on just a Holocaust website because they have the pictures there. Probably your kids Mm -hmm. shouldn't be looking at. Um, Or if they are looking at it, please sit with them. And if Mm -hmm. this is something you feel like having a dialogue about with your children. But I was very careful. I didn't show the pictures. I I didn't do any of those things. But I remember my principal saying, just don't use the word Holocaust. I remember standing there in his office and I said, I'm not going to do that. Like, I can't just skip over this, Mm -hmm. this awful, horrible thing that happened in censorship because it it made people uncomfortable. Then don't put it in our standards.
0: Well, so I saw this interesting article. It basically, and I'm not going to go deeply into it, but it's that basically... There are 50 states and 50 different ways of teaching America's past. It says CBS News took a look at the social study standards in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, and the analysis uncovered problematic lessons, varying interpretations of history, and recommendations of what students should learn because there are no national social study standards. Right. Right to mandate what topics or historical figures students must learn about. During the state standards analysis, CBS News found that seven states do not directly mention slavery in their state standards. How many? Eight states, seven. Eight states do not mention the Civil Rights Movement. Only two states mention white supremacy, while 16 states list states' rights as a cause of the Civil War. Now, in (laughs) Massachusetts, the social studies standards mention slavery and enslaved people more than 60 times. In third grade, students are expected to learn that colonial Massachusetts had both free and enslaved Africans in its population. Two grades later, students are asked to grapple with slavery, the legacy of the Civil War, and the struggle for civil rights for all. But in neighboring New Hampshire, state standards simply mention the word slavery and racism as part of a thematic lesson about social and race relations.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, you can do anything you want with history. So a couple of things going on in Lies My Teacher Told Me. Um, he talks about hero, hero, heroification. Um, he talks about Helen Keller and Woodrow Wilson. Um, so it says almost every American student knows that Keller was deaf and blind, yet learned to read, write, and speak. But textbooks almost never discuss Her adult life. In fact, she had a fascinating and consequential career as a radical socialist. She praised the Soviet Union, supported unions, donated money to the NAACP, and even hung a red flag, a symbol of the Soviet Union and socialism, over her desk. Throughout her life, Keller was criticized for her radical politics. Whether we agree with her beliefs or not, she was a remarkable woman whose legacy stretches beyond her deaf blindness and almost no history textbook says so. Interesting. Woodrow Wilson, the U.S. president during World War I, was an equally controversial figure. During his time in office, the U.S. sent hundreds of thousands of troops to Latin America and to the West Indies to install pro-American heads of state. In 1915, for instance, when the Democratic government of Haiti refused to join the U.S. in declaring war on Germany, Wilson sent forces to dissolve the Haitian parliament and seize farmers' property in the ensuing war. American troops murdered more than 3,000 Haitians. Um, who fighting for their rights and self-determination and private property. Um, he's best remembered for being the president who, um, during the progressive era um, for, inc- and he's often said to be when he was uh, liberal and inclusive, and he wanted an inclusive society for leading the country through world war one when he vowed to make the world safe for democracy, yet in spite of his commitment to human rights, it would seem that he wasn't necessarily committed to either value when they conflicted with U.S. interests. So that's just a couple of of things that he goes through. And, wow. you know, thinking about what they've left out is just as much of a lie as, as telling it as not true. It's just interesting. I think that would be a good episode for us to like delve into mm-hmm. kind of that book and like, some of the things I, I know, I don't remember learning about slavery. Um, I really don't. But, you know, yeah. I don't know how I remember it. But anyway, that's just some things we were talking about. And when we do this, we're talking about like the facts of the matter. But if you're not an educator, it's very hard to understand when you're given a curriculum and that curriculum is being censored or you're going to be called out if you teach the curriculum in the way it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that people are using platforms. Teachers use platforms for their political agendas, which you, totally I, should not. Ben and that. I will, will will say this to the, you know, to the end, as far as education goes, is that you should never use your classroom as a political platform. Your students should never know who you're voting for. Your students mm-hmm. should never know those things. And, um, and unfortunately, the people who are doing that are causing all the other teachers trouble and problems. Yes, they
0: are. They are for sure. But well, that's a feel little bit like... of a heavier yeah. <laughs> conversation, and
1: but it's fine. We're good. Yeah,
0: that's okay. We can do that every once in a while. In a while. Yeah. So we hope you think about what you're day. teaching
1: and let yeah. us know if you're a history teacher, your thoughts on some of this stuff, because, you know, I have talked to a few of our history t- or social studies teachers about it. And we actually had a meeting at the County office about from the person in the director of social studies of the things that we need to stay away from. And I did take notes. I wish I had those with me, but it was very similar to some of this stuff. We can't really talk about all the truth, but anyway.
0: Yep. All right. All right. Stay twisty,
1: <laughs> twisty, twizzler, <gasps> twisty. Bye. Bye.